You are now tuned to the Priority One Subspace Frequency, brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, the galaxy's premier shore leave destination. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 120 of Priority One, recorded live on Thursday, March 21st, 2013, via trekradio.net, and published every Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. I'm James. And I'm Elijah. What do we have this week, Elijah? Well, this week we trek out the recent release of the international trailer for Star Trek Into Darkness, and the one frame that everybody's talking about. We'll review all the happenings this week in Stow News, including the big reveal of what will come during the March Under the Raptor's Wings this May. And, as always, towards the end of the show, we'll open hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages. We mentioned earlier you can listen to us live on trekradio.net every Thursday at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. You can chat with us live in-game, or you can visit trekradio.net and jump on their IRC chat client, and you can talk to us that way. That can be found under their uh, community link, by the way, if you want to chat with us during the show. Priority One is an immensely successful organization built by volunteers. Me, James, Elijah, Lennon, Elliot, Adrian, Alex... Alex. Many, many Bill more. List. Many, many Sorry. more. Bill. Everybody who writes for us, everybody who helps us on the engineering side, everybody who is on the multiple podcasts, everyone's a volunteer and nobody here gets paid. But if you have the talent and you have the time and you've got the love for Trek, come on over, make the shift from listener to member, send us an email with how you'd like to help. You can reach us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Don't forget your mom. And my mom, and your mom, all our moms. Our moms are always popping and up. And wives, saying, too, actually. The, and the wives, amount of patience yeah. that the, the wives put up for, for our little endeavor here is, oh, I love my wife. Yeah, they deserve props. Big time. Yes, much, much props. Big time. We value your feedback. All the submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1,000 Zen. This includes comments on our website and email segment topics. Before we move on with the show, let's recap what's been going on at PriorityOnePodcast.com. In his latest Trek It In Style, Will V poses the question to Lobi or not to Lobi. Is it really worth buying outfits from the Lobi store? And in the latest Spirit of Trek, Sordom takes a look at the various strides being made toward the development of exoskeleton bodysuits. Iron Man! <laughs> Big grin, thumbs up. <laughs> In our community submitted blog by Chusen, he offers up some solutions for small fleets trying to make it in a mega fleet world. As a matter of fact, this column has caused such a stir that we'll be devoting some extra time to the comments uh, on this article. It's actually quite a big issue. We've had a lot of stuff going with that. So please chime in on the conversation. We'd like to hear what you have to say about it or any ideas that you have to pass on to others. Well, why don't we go ahead and get ready to trek it out. 
I don't know. Then let's check it out. Well, this week we saw our new release of the Into Darkness trailer for the new J.J. Trek film, and uh, it's caused quite a bit of a stir. Not only are there many space explosions and running and dramatic pauses and intense looks at the camera and all that kind of stuff, but cover your ears, all you uh, sensitive uh, listeners out there. There's a lady in her underwear in the trailer. Ever. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. the the uh, I believe we refer to her as the ever vivacious Terry Lynn. Oh ever hell at the, yeah! The podcast UGC. She has been on Twitter today, and I even responded to one of her tweets. She said, uh, "quote There isn't anything I've seen in the new one that doesn't seem stolen." Unquote. And I I have to agree. Is there anything in any new movie that's not stolen not from something really. else? It's pretty hard to be original anymore. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. Just but saying. this is almost cookie cutter stolen. This is oh, yeah. Star Trek Skyfall. Right now, just based on that <laughs> it's true though, based on that trailer, we've got a forgotten agent that goes AWOL and wants revenge right. for for being Check. left behind and, and not getting Check. the recognition he deserves. Then and the organization has gone too far. Check. Right, right, right. right. Cue yeah. the trigger-happy gunslinger with mommy-daddy issues uh, to have sex and save the day. Oh, and Check. don't forget a lot of explosions and witty dialogue. Check. and, and Don't and forget a very True Lies-esque spaceship instead of jump jet Harrier rising and shooting through the windows. Yeah, this I was like, I could have sworn I saw this movie as I'm watching the trailer. And I was like, oh, that's right, I did. <laughs> I watched Skyfall. You remember, you remember that Trek it out we did a couple weeks ago with a shot-for-shot shot remake of the trailer that people do with, like, cardboard toys and on their balcony and stuff? Someone needs to get on the YouTubes and do the shot-for-shot shot remake of, like, other movies. They, like, take the hairier scene from True Lies. They need to do that. I just wanted to see the part because we know Pike gets hurt somewhere in there, and it's most likely right there. Like, he probably got shot in that little scene or whatever. And it's like, I just want to see Kirk get up and go, You killed my sensei! You know what I mean? Like, samurai style. You killed my sensei! I come after you! I think it's pretty cool that Peter Welling is making a comeback in his old age for all of us young bucks that knew him only as Robocop. Yeah, Peter, Peter Weller. Peter yeah. Weller. Yeah. Peter Weller. Oh, Weller, Weller. Not Welling. Yeah. It was in a season four of Enterprise. He was a bad guy in one of the yep. last episodes of Enterprise. He was good in That's there. True. I liked That's that. True. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then the big thing was that we see Dr. Marcus in uh, nothing but her undies. And that's been a big to-do in the community. You know, they, they got to throw in the sex in the trailer, you know. If there's a Bond girl, I guess there's got to be a Kirk girl. It's super. I mean, yeah. great. And we can't forget to mention the Enterprise burning up and falling out of the atmosphere into the freaking ocean and onto San Francisco, or what looks like San Francisco. I don't know. It could be somewhere else. Major. Why is London the primary terrorist attack location? I mean, in the latest G.I. Joe movie coming out, London is, is completely vaporized. What's up with London? I like but, London. I've never been because there. Because they've already done New York too many times. Can New York be done anymore? I guess London's the new target. You know, well, and it's Cumberbatch. Oh, He's the yeah. bad and, guy. You know, maybe LZ. he was like, oh, yeah, let's blow up my home. Yeah, that'd be great. You know? <laughs> Look, sorry. Sorry and I. Listen, sorry and I are on the same page. Sorry and I think, think alike. Yeah, London London's the, the new, new, new York. New York. All right, captains. Discover something you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about. Then send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And you'll be submitted into our random drawing for 1,000 zen. Let's check out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. All right, and this week in Stow News, we've got some important announcements to make from Cryptic Studios regarding... 
Greetings, citizens of the Federation. This is the newly entitled Fleet Admiral Tave. I am here tonight because of an announcement that has come out about my burgeoning empire. I'm so very happy that we are reaching out to you with a spirit of exploration and friendship. However, there are those who would tarnish my burgeoning empire. Be warned. Our reach is far. Our talons are sharp. So, welcome to the Romulan Empire. I hope you enjoy our new faction. I'd say we'll see you out there, <laughs> but you won't see us. <laughs> so, when we get into some news, the legacy of Romulus. So early in the morning on Thursday, March 21st, the countdown to the march under the raptor's wings ran out. The big reveal. Play as a Romulan. Oh, not just that, but a new website. Skins, slews of teasers, screenshots, feature announcements. I mean, this was big, folks. Here's the lowdown. Play as a Romulan or our brothers the Remans and immerse yourself in new, story-driven missions written exclusively from the Romulan Republic's point of view. Even take command of a mighty Warbird-class starship. Push the engines to the limit and unleash new and devastating powers of the Singularity Core. Or start as any faction and create your first character as a member of the Federation the Klingon Empire, or the Romulan Republic, and level your captain from 1 to 50. While doing this, you'll enjoy new and improved traits, customize and rearrange your existing traits, unlock new advanced traits and abilities, further specializing your captain and crew. Enjoy the new improved UI. Thank you, Thomas the Cat. I won't disintegrate you. Choose the HUD color palette that works for you. Experience new and improved UI screens with easy-to-read options and enhanced interactions. And for now, I'll say farewell and stay on the good side of my disruptors. <laughs> well, what the... Man, darn that Admiral Tay for taking over our airwaves. But at least he had some important information to release. We have got to get Lennon to secure our feet a little better. This is just unacceptable. The guy just gets in here whenever he wants. I know. And he's know. promoted now. Now he's a fleet admiral. Oh, God, the ball's on that guy. Who does he think he is? He just he's promoted go himself, probably. He thinks he's all self-important. Well, speaking of the UI and Thomas the Cat not getting disintegrated, let's chat a little bit about the changes that we've been teased. Thomas has tweeted, he says, quote, I'm very tired but very proud. I can't wait for you guys to get in and start using it. I think you'll love it. This is a reskin, so things are pretty much in the same place. My main goal was to tone back unnecessary elements, unquote. And, I, yeah, from what I've seen of the screenshots, I like it. Looks nice. I can see why Mike Okuda gave him yeah, thumbs up. You know, I was vocal about not being a huge fan of the signs that Thomas made during one of his first projects at Cryptic. But i got to say, Thomas, you know, you've really outdone yourself on this one. I mean, just from those few screenshots that we've seen... I'm really looking forward to experiencing this new UI skin because it, it feels like something that I want to tap and, and I want to touch on an interface. And in a time when tablets and smartphones rule the consumer market, this feels 
really like a functional L-Cars UI. I mean, let's face it, the L-Cars, you know, made more for design than it was for functionality. But Thomas, I mean, you, you know, you've really taken L-Cars and turned it into a plausible 21st century interface. And I can't wait for this to translate into the Stowe Gateway on a tablet and beyond that. So very much kudos to Thomas on all your hard work on that. It looks great. It's sleek. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on this. And to support Thomas's improvements, there's actually a, a thread that was created praising the man's work. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. And uh, send your feedback and praises over to uh, Thomas the Cryptic Cat. I'd be worried, Thomas. He's talking about t- tapping and touching your interface. I, <laughs> I don't know where you come from. Where I come from, that can be unwelcome. So what do you guys think about the final countdown and the big announcement of being able to play as a Romulan faction? It's funny you should ask this, Galadriel. It's funny because I think we need to set the way back machine, back to episode 113, which happened to be released right around the same time the trailer came out. And that's where we first caught our glimpse of March beneath the raptor's wings. And all the speculation abounded about what this might mean. And we should play that clip. We should go back in time. Um, yes, let us go back in time and, and play that clip. I mean, honestly, the highlight of this entire video was the last five seconds of it with the Romulan teaser there at and when you hover over the words it says March beneath the Raptors wings there's a lot of speculation a lot of discussion as to what this means is it Romulans as a faction is it some new reputation system is it a featured episode my money is that this is a a featured episode I don't think that Cryptic Studios is going to all of a sudden pop out a new playable faction when Klingons still haven't been ironed out. The backlash from the Klingon community, it would just be, I can't, I don't even, I don't even want to think about it. I, I really don't. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm holding back <laughs> Melk as Melk I'm even will come just, for you. So will the entire team at Gates of Silvacor. Dan Stahl has said that, you know, it's first we got to flesh out the Klingons. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they've got some amazing surprise up their sleeve and Klingons will be fleshed out and Romulans will have some new faction. But realistically speaking, my money is on just an awesome new featured episode series, some new storyline mission that we can do. That's where I'm putting my $60. We, uh, so yes, yes, I said and I was dead certain that this was not going to be the announcement of a playable Romulan faction. I was 100% certain about it, but Sucker. I was wrong. And you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. I had a feeling it was going to be. Just because the timing, having Denise Crosby for Sela, like everything pointed to it. And I knew that they were already working on certain elements of it. I didn't know how long it was going to be till they released the things, but I knew certain things were being worked on. So I figured there was a chance, at least 50-50, if nothing else, I figured there's a 50-50 chance they go ahead and cut it loose. I figured if it wasn't the actual faction, it was going to be something that could lead into the faction, like some type of step towards it. But they just went ahead and just said, Psh. I've been waiting for this forever. Obviously, I'm a huge Romulan fan with my character here on the show. And I've always loved Romulan design for ships. Their ships are awesome, particularly the Mogai. I'm so psyched about and that concept picture, like that Super Mogai. Oh, my God, that they have on the screen. That thing straight up made me randy. Like, I was super, like, excited. <laughs> like, I had to calm myself down, take a cold shower. I want that ship. I'm praying that, God, it's an escort because it's so sexy and hardcore looking. 
I just, well, I want it. Are you talking about the one that looks like a Cylon? That sucker looks mean. Yes, I want. That is my Romulan Vesta right there. So it's going to be, from now on out, it's going to be <laughs> Mogai or Super Mogai, whatever it's called. I don't know. that. Maybe they haven't given it a name yet. That thing is just, oh, I look at it and I just, I love everything about it. I don't know. Is, if that's Ian, Jam Jams, if that was you, if that was somebody else, I need to know who came up with that because, oh my God, magnifique. Uh, I'm going to get on a soapbox, and I'm going to poo-poo on everybody's parade. Before you start poo-pooing, we didn't even get to talk about the, the bad guy, too, the mysterious bad guy ships that look like flying spider things. Those are awesome. They almost look like squibs <laughs> or squiddy yes, things from the Matrix. Uh, the Matrix. Thing like, the, uh, for the yeah. yeah, you're right. Those do look like sentinels. Yes, wow. they're like huh. mysterious bad guy, dude. Awesome. You know, actually, they look like in one of the Animatrix films called Matriculated, they look like one of the Sentinels like that. And you know what? I'm cool with that, too. Go ahead. Steal from the Matrix. I'm cool. They kind of have that reverse crescent shape of the Sona, how the Sona had those ships that arced back like that. They kind of have a little bit of that. Oh, yeah, from Insurrection? Yeah. Just in the concept art and the things that are coming, the drones, all that stuff, are just freaking cool, man. I'm super psyched. Super psyched. So, anyway, okay, that's enough. Yay, ha, hoo, ha, hoo. Okay, now you can go ahead and take your poop. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this is still, we're still in the speculation. We know a little bit about what's going to be covered. We obviously know a bit of the features. So here's my poo poo on the parade. So I'm thrilled that we're getting an expansion of this magnitude. One to 50 for all three factions. Fantastic. And I'm sure we're just being teased about the sheer amount of mission expansions for the KDF and the Romulans and all that great content. However, I have to agree with Soradim's tweet about the KDF getting the short end of the stick. And now here's why. There's this magic number that had been floating around. This this 18%. The 18% of KDF cosplayers. And more importantly, the 18% of players that actually play as KDF. So, if 18% of the players are playing a second faction... Why introduce a third faction? At least right now. At least right now. I'm not saying that this isn't a long time coming. But why right now? I think that we're going to find the Romulan factions is going to be more popular than the Klingon faction. I really do. And I think, oh, I think, I ooh, think oh, that that's what Cryptic's banking on too. The, every poll they've ever had has been blown away long and far Romulan faction like wins every time. Like, so there's a lot of interest, dude. Tons of it. Tons okay. of it. Here's the thing. I understand that the reputation system has been a great success and that the Romulan buzz, you're right, has been high, has been 100% high. But I would love to see the metrics behind pushing for a new Romulan faction. Now, again, here I am poo-pooing on the Romulan parade, but that 18% really echoes in my brain. Auravera has said that player retention beyond level 10 is there on their crosshairs as a development goal, right? So why not solidify the KDF first and make a big expansion out of that? Yes, of course. Trekkies really dig the Romulans, right? The buzz on the Romulans is great. It's huge. It's huge in the, on the forums. Everybody's really digging it. The Trekkies. All right, but if I talk to my coworkers about Stowe, right? Now, the, my coworkers are big, big gamers. Played all the major MMOs. They play all the major console games. When I talk to them about Stowe and I mentioned Romulans today, they kind of gave me a puzzled look. But when I say Klingons, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, everybody knows Klingons because I don't know diddly squat about Doctor Who, but I know that one of the biggest enemies or one of the biggest adversaries for Doctor Who are those robotic things. Those I don't even know their the names. Daylight. But I at least know I can recognize that. I'm sure there are many other people that have stood in the way of the Doctor. 
But people know Klingons. They go way, way, way back. And yes, Romulans go way, way back too. But I don't know. Klingons just stick. I think I can square this circle for you here, Elijah. Yeah, your points are absolutely right about the KDF. And the gaming world at large is probably more familiar with the Klingons. And the science fiction world at large is probably more familiar with Klingons. But here's the thing. They're not new. And what they need is something new so that people like you go talk to people at work and say, hey, we got this Romulan thing coming to go. What's a Romulan? And you go, well, they're like Vulcans and stuff. And, you know, they're like used to be Vulcans, but they fight more and they have green spaceships and Romulan brow ridges. And they're like, oh, all right, well, I'll check it out. And they download the game for free and they load it up for free. And they got Thomas's snazzy new UI interface that's all slick and easy to use. And they load it up and they play. And they throw a little zen their way, and now Cryptic has their credit card number on file. And then a couple months later, they do another season update, or whatever it is they're going to call, the future updates of these of the game. And they go, well, I'll, I'll log back in. Cryptic already has my credit card number, so if I find anything cool, they can just charge me whatever. I think they're really going for, this is something new, no one has ever played the Romulans before. So none of these people like me with lifetime subscriptions and stuff, who have all the Uber gear and whatnot on our Fed characters, nobody has Uber gear on the Romulan stuff. So this is an opportunity for people that want to try out the game and be on a similar level to even the veteran players. There's just something to be said about the type of characters that are out there. If you don't like Klingon-type character, what they stand for, how they are, who they are, I mean, you just may not like them. Like, I have a Klingon character. I almost never play it. But when I see this really sneaky, clandestine, almost spy-like race of people that has done everything clandestine and in the dark and the way they operate, I'm attracted to that. And that's the whole thing. It's just more variety. Because right now we have feds. We have Klingons. If you don't like Klingons, guess where you're stuck? In the feds. And vice versa. If you don't like the feds, guess where you're stuck? In the Klingons. Maybe we'll find that there are more people that are attracted to that type of character, more than 18%, than there were to Klingon. I don't know. Maybe it'll be about the same. Maybe it'll be less. We don't know. But I think Cryptic's banking on the fact that they need something else. You've got one or the other. You may not fall into either of those 100%. So why not introduce something new that you might like better than both? I agree. I agree. You're right. Cryptic did need something new, something snazzy. I think it's all about presentation. I think that the KDF could have been revamped. Just as there is a new splash screen and a new home screen for the Romulans, I think they could have done the same thing for the KDF and told a new approach and given a new story and really focused on the war and spark new life into the KDF. Because I think that even the newer players, the gamers, the casual gamers will see that and go, oh, oh, KDF, they're mean. I want to be mean. I want to play the dark side. Listen, I'm not saying that this isn't going to be successful. I think it's going to be a huge success. I think already we've seen the amount of buzz. It's just that whole 18% number. Here's the thing. 18% is tied to Klingons. That's all there is to it. Right. Sorry's been going on this on Twitter, and he's in the chat room and basically saying the same thing. It's it's about overlooking a faction that has been, let's be honest here, let's be clear, it's been neglected. It really has been. It started off the game as as a stepchild and has been since launch. And now we're going in and bringing in the third faction and, you know, hey, new Romulans. Oh, and we've... By the way, we finished the Klingons too. But hey, come in and play as a Romulan. The idea now is is that to a new player, if they don't know anything about Star Trek, they're just going to come in and they're going to see they have a choice. The Romulans that have been hyped, oh, and there's these others too as well. If Cryptic is doing it right, then somebody new to the game, which is their target audience, let's not forget this right now, new people coming into the game won't know a thing. This is a company, though. So here's how it goes. If you have a product and you find out that this particular part of your product makes 80% of your money and this one only makes 18%, 
Are you going to spend a lot of time and money on the one that's only getting 18% of your money in? No, but it's the truth. But where are the metrics for Romulans, though? I don't get it. Are you suggesting that Romulans are going to bring in money? It's a new product. They don't know how to go. Maybe Romulans will be a big flop. Maybe it won't make them any money. Maybe it'll make them a ton of money. That's the thing. Nobody knows, but the fact is, the fact is the hard numbers as a company say... Klingons don't make money. This is good because take the argument forward. Again, this is the chicken egg problem we've been having since the very beginning. No one wants to play the Klingons because they're not a full faction in 1 to 50. That's fine. I didn't think that the problem's been made. Well, people don't play it because there's no content. So they've had this chicken and egg problem for a long time. They've solved the chicken and egg problem. They've got an egg now. Supposedly, you can take a Klingon from 1 to 50 now. Supposedly. That's what it says. Now, does that mean that they've completed the storyline or taken it all away? They have not said that. That part remains to be seen. I would hope that they've learned their lesson and taken things to heart and have not only fully fleshed out a Romulan campaign 1 to 50, like they seem to be promising everyone, but they've also gone back and done it so the Klingons can go 1 to 50. So a new player, new player, someone that's never read the forums, never listened to the show, walks up, hits that screen that Thomas has designed and gone, huh, I have three full options. I can pick any one I want to and I won't feel neglected in either in any one of the three. I hope that's what they've done. And choice is always important, and that's fantastic. We have now three choices as a Romulan, and that's cool. However, again, for the casual gamer coming in that knows very little about Star Trek, then they go, who's a Romulans? Uh, I think I'm going to go Federation. Or, I think I'm going to go Klingon. Diehard Trekkies will definitely, yeah, I'm going to create a Romulan. That's 100% fine. I just think that I'm not saying this is a bad move. I'm not saying that creating and opening up a third faction is, no, how dare you? I just think this might have been maybe the second expansion. The first expansion being, we have revamped the Klingons. We're going to bring in Michael Dorn and tell a story. And we're going to give players an option of 1 to 50 Klingon or 1 to 50 Federation. We're going to keep players in. All the stuff they're doing right now for the Romulans could be done for the Klingons. And nice to have a really nice, mean-looking red splash screen homepage with a mean Klingon with blood dripping from its batleth and blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm not saying I don't have anything against Romulan. I'm curious why Romulan. Why not flesh out the tutorial with the existing factions as being an expansion? I got two words for you. Denise Crosby. You're right. You're right. Denise Crosby. Yeah, they have Denise Crosby and they had to run with it. Here's the thing about it being unfinished, okay? Only people who have been in and played know it's unfinished. Only people who have opened a Klingon and done it know it's unfinished. Meaning that there's no interest to even go in and play. It's not like people went in and said, hey, I'm going to create a Klingon. Oh, this is unfinished. I don't want to play. These people aren't even going in to play because they just aren't interested in being a Klingon in the first place. That's what I'm saying. It's not even about that it's an unfinished faction. A lot of people just aren't interested in being Klingon or any of the assorted races with them. That's a big part of the problem. I think there's just not as much interest in Klingon. I don't think there's as much interest in Romulan either. I think most people are going to still lean towards Federation, but it's still an option. Three options for them to play. And that's what we're about to find out, because either Romulan will sink or float, man. And, and that's, we're going to find out really fast. This expansion will be free, 100% free. You will be able to play a Romulan at no additional charge. All of this content, the access to new ships and Romulan ships and the story and the 1 to 50 levels is 100% free. In a post on the forums, Brandon did mention that there will, of course, be C-Store items available for purchase to, I suppose, enhance gameplay in one way, shape, or form, a, a plus one ship or costumes, etc., etc. So expansion is free. Added stuff is going to be on the C-Store for purchase. 
Aloe Vera on our show just a little bit, and then again with the podcast UGC interview, started talking about additional slots he wants to add into the game, and he went on the forums to solicit feedback for a new armor slot, and a lot of people have been sounding off on that. Last time I checked, there were 23 pages of feedback, most of which came after his post. He went on there and kind of described some of the things he was looking for. I went out there and I put mine on there towards the very end. I think they ought to work on the critical hits and the critical damage. That was my contribution to the discussion. Those weapons are really underutilized in the game, and I think that if you had counterbalance for it, it might bring those weapon modifiers back into use. Because everybody goes and gets guns that have the accuracy modifier and maybe the damage, but the accuracy is overwhelming their favorite. So I think that'll bring something into the armor play that has the uh, critical hits and critical damage stuff on there. But there's a thread out there. Go read it. We'll put the link in the show notes. Throw your suggestions out there. Al, I think, is keeping an eye on it because he really wants to sort of do it right the first time. So go sound off. I like the idea of being able to add armor to the ship. So it's, the suggestion is, is that it would protect you against critical hit, not improve your critical hit, right? Right, yeah. I mean, the, one of the design goals Al had out there was that he doesn't want to increase the survivability of every ship in the game. But one of the proposals he has out there is to take your engineering slots where you have your current armors, and take like three of those white-level armors and make that the equivalent of one of the armors you'd put on your ship now, well, automatically that increases the survivability of every ship in the game because not everybody equips armor consoles. I mean, most people at least put one on there, but not everybody does. Everybody I don't. Gets, I don't use them at all. See? And you're, and you're an SD, you fly an Escort, right? Yeah, and I yeah. found that they're worthless compared to other consoles. So automatically, James's Escort is going to get a huge buff to his hull it just automatically by adding an armor slot. So it completely blows away the design qualification that Al had out there. So, But if you work against critical hits and critical damage, you uh, reduce those spikes. That's my opinion. Hmm. That's my idea. Feel free to comment on that directly against me or read the other suggestions. There are dozens of suggestions out there. And the next bit of Stow News, we've got community member Dark Frontiers publishing the launch edition of the PvP Boot Camp Companion Guide. This issue includes articles written by many boot camp coaches and members of the PvP community. Community member Sargon, one of the senior staff members at the PvP boot camp, brought this guy to my attention a few days ago, and I gotta say, it's truly stunning. With a forward, an actual forward from community manager Brandon Brandflakes Feltzer. The companion is a great introduction to PvP for both Feds and KDF players. Uh, and really laid out quite beautifully with some amazing in-game screenshots. Very easy to read. I encourage you to head on over to Stowe's front page for the link to the downloadable companion. And special shout-out to all the members over at the PvP Bootcamp, Sargon, Pug01, and the rest of the team. They've helped us out immensely with our Field Notes segment, and we continue to work with them closely. They're a great asset to the Priority One team. We hope to bring you guys more educational segments like Field Notes. All right, and we've got a bit of a patch, not too much going on with there. Uh, the biggest thing that I saw was an additional variant for elite fleet weapons added to the fleet stores. This variant has an accuracy times two damage and the special elite proc appropriate to the weapon type. And I think they've added all the energy variants to the store as well. So on the advanced level, you can get any energy type that you want. Oh, really? So they've added any protons and things? I haven't logged into the game today after the patch, so I haven't checked that out for sure, but I think that's my understanding is that they finally... I don't think they've done that at the elite level, but at the advanced level, I think they're letting you have a wider variety of energy type. These are ground weapons, right? It didn't specify what was ground or uh, space. Is there an accuracy modifier on ground weapons? I don't know that there is. 
I don't think so. I don't think there's yeah, so these must be modifier. just space. It's got to be just space. Now that and this goes back it. to my point earlier. Um, I mean, hey, these are you know we got accuracy and damage modifiers because those are what people want. Nobody wants the crit hits and the crit damage stuff. Just need to come back, bring it back. Yeah, really, it's the accuracy that matters yeah. for most, especially with those consoles. You can get a lot of damage, and what's really important is if you're missing them all the time. Yep. You know what's the point? So these accuracy times too. Yeah, you're right. You know it might be time for us to head on over to the fleet store and buy those new weapons. I'm looking forward to doing another segment of STO Developer Agrees with Tony when they finally do something to fix the crit hits and the crit damage stuff. I'm looking forward to another segment like that. All right, Captains. Well, that wraps up a very interesting week in Star Trek Online news. Let's go ahead and open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. So coming into us from the STO forums, we got Roach saying, I know why Brazil is a very lucky country. But be careful and do not touch the display items, as some have had very expensive upgrades installed, and the owners can be a bit paranoid and possessive. Or is the show about another reason Brazil is lucky? This comment, though, is highly appropriate given the new trailer that came out with all the installed upgrades that some Brazilians have. Oh. Uh, and they go to the beach. There upgrade. you go. There it is. There it is. Upgrade. The light of comprehension dawns. It. There it is. Got there it. it is, folks. You heard it live. All right. The next comment comes in from Raven. It says, good show as usual, guys. I'm going to have to correct you on what a macro is. First, the definition, a macro is a saved sequence of commands or keyboard strokes that can be stored and then recalled with a single command or keyboard stroke. Notice that the word timings is not in that definition. No matter how you sugarcoat it or how naive you think the devs are, so-called complex keybinds are macros in its simplest form. I had to laugh when I heard it's not a macro because it's not timing those powers, as if to ensure that the devs are convinced that it's not a macro. Well, Raven, I want to thank you for calling us out on this because we had literally weeks of internal discussions here at Priority One deciding whether or not we were going to do this. And I'd like to point out, first of all, your definition leaves out the beginning part, which you got from, I believe, whois.com and many other web sources, which starts off, in Microsoft Word and other programs, a macro is a save sequence of commands, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, in Microsoft Word, a word processing program, that is your basic macro. But we're talking about macros that take over inputting the game commands for you, including timing, because timing is a key portion of the gameplay between the cooldowns and the firing cycles of your weapons and the activation times all the timing is the critical part the complex key binding the timing is still in your hands and we looked very carefully at the STO terms of service they say that user conduct that is not allowed is cheating or utilizing unauthorized exploits in connection with the games or service or using or exploiting any bugs errors or design flaws to obtain unauthorized access to the service or gain an unfair advantage. Every feature, like with the exception of the keybinding application, is found in STO itself. The keybind command is in STO. The keybind load file is in STO. So the application that we pointed you to, all it does is create that text file that STO then loads with a chat bar command. Contrast that with EVE Online's end user license agreement, which states under Paragraph 6, subparagraph A, subsection 3. Specifically restricted conduct. You may not use your own or any third-party software, macros, or other stored rapid keystrokes or other patterns of play that facilitate acquisition of items, etc., etc. So 
if Star Trek Online wanted to make this sort of stuff illegal, they could. They could flat out say it. They could cut and paste straight from EVE Online's EULA and stick it in theirs. We looked at this very carefully. We think it's okay. Use it your own risk. Perfect World did not give us the okay to do this. We're not an arm of Perfect World. We don't have access to the legal department. But our analysis of this is it's within the spirit of the game and it's within the letter of the terms of service. And I've got a video that I'm trying to finish that will show you that you will have your butt handed to you if you rely on keybinds too much. I think that's the key. Non-key binders who are good at the game will always beat key binders. Also coming into us from the Star Trek Online forums, Azurian Star. Always good to see your name. Romulan Commander sure sounds like George Takei. All that was missing was an oh my. Interesting news about the new Trek movie, especially with Kirk. Analogy much, JJ? All right, and from PriorityOnePodcast.com, we have Sean Newboy. Awesome show, guys. Thanks to Pug01. And from Yu Chen, he says, Is it a good idea to have a launch carrier pet on Complex Keybind? Great question. I think you'd have to check that out. I mean, that's and the, the timing and the activation and the cooldowns, those all play into it. And since that's an ability you can't use very often, I would think you wouldn't want to keybind that. But, you know, check it out. Try it. See what you get. So last week, Chusen wrote an article about how smaller fleets can benefit by kind of teaming up with larger fleets and going into their star base and getting the higher end equipment, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a, a very long and lengthy thread of replies and suggestions and comments about the article. Tony and I actually went into the game to test it out and see how easy it was for somebody outside of the fleet of a tier five star base, how easy it would be for them to come in and make purchases. So Tony, go ahead. Well, we tested this out the other night. SSOG, sort of the uh, unofficial fleet of Priority One, James is the fleet admiral and Elijah is a member of that fleet, has a Tier 5 star base with the Tier 5 engineering, the industrial fabricator. So you could get the elite level engines and shields and stuff. My fleet, the Trust, we have a Tier 3 star base. So we have the shipyard and the engineering uh, facilities on Tier 3 and the appropriate provisioning levels for that. So I took my fleet's stuff into their fleet starbase and went shopping. And I went to the ship store and was denied. It's like when you go to 7-Eleven and you're getting paid tomorrow and you're hoping like the bank has deposited your money and you slide your car and you're like, oh man, I can't get my churro. Well, that's what <laughs> that's the feeling that I had. I was denied at the shipyard trying to buy an Aquarius. And then I tried to buy a fleet Aquarius thinking, well, maybe if I had some modules, maybe if I threw some money, uh, Cryptic's way, they're going to let me get away with this. Denied. They didn't even want my money. I said, please take my money. They said, no. So the shipyard didn't work. But then I went upstairs to the fleet vendor. I bought the Elite Impulse Engines. So I got me some Impulse Engines. Then I went to their embassy. And in the embassy, I was able to shop at the vendor to get the cheap commodities and I was able to peruse the consoles there as well. So it seems like it's kind of hit and miss. I don't know if Cryptic specifically locked down the ships or if this is just one that sort of got through. But you can get the equipment, but just not the ships. Well, according to Sori right now in the chat room, he has actually bought a ship, not being a member of a Tier 5 fleet or of the fleet. It depends on the permission set by the fleet itself. I don't think I'm granted that type of privilege in See, SSOG. I I can do that in my fleet. I can right. set permissions at the store, and the check mark says buy from provisioned stores. Everybody in the chat channel is saying that it's a permission base. So you can get ships, but the fleet can lock you out. 
Yeah, Matthew's saying that seems like a glitch, and I think Matthew's right. I think that they locked down the ships, but not the stores, and maybe they should have locked down the stores, or maybe they shouldn't have locked down the ships. Skiffy, that is exactly my experience. Skiffy in the chat room says, I have a T3 fleet with provisions. I can go to a T5 base and buy anything except ships as a guest. Yes, Skiffy, that is exactly the experience that I have, and I think that that's a mistake on Cryptic's part. I think that they need to go unlock those shipyards, and then I think they need to go in, and I think they need to make Tier 5 ships cost three ship provisions and tier four ships cost two ship provisions and then allow fleet admirals to set limits on how many provisions can be withdrawn from members like the leaderboard these members can withdraw up to 10 fleet provisions these members can withdraw up to five and that way it will encourage cooperation among fleets because the big fleets have troubles getting their members fleet credits there aren't enough projects to contribute to Everyone piles on when the project first opens up. Now, at the higher levels, it's a little easier because the projects take so much stuff. But at the lower levels, it's tough. Those people will go find other fleets or they'll establish subfleets. This would be a way to help fleets cooperate if by granting access to those uh, ship stores. I think that that needs to happen. Keep putting feedback on the site. We love to see it. And it's good to see debate like this because Al is actually soliciting ideas for different ways that fleets could cooperate. And then this is sort of the stuff that he wants to hear. So keep commenting. All right, coming to us via email, Nooker. Thought this might amuse you if you haven't heard already, but guess who's officiating at Patrick Stewart's wedding? It turns out that Sir Ian McKellen will be officiating at Sir Patrick Stewart's wedding, so that's uh, awesome. Congratulations to Sir Patrick Stewart. If you happen to come across this show and would be interested in coming on, you are more than welcome. Please, contact my people, and my people will contact (laughs) your people, and we'll work something out. All right, thank you to everybody who submitted feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or visit our website, www.PriorityOnePodcast.com and use our little online form. Don't forget, you can also contact us on Facebook at www.Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. Well, that wraps episode 120, broadcasted live from TrekRadio.net. Remember that we are on the air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, We've been getting some amazing feedback, and we always have more fun when you guys are a live audience. And tonight, we had a large live audience. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and it's a great day for talking news because there's a lot of it. Don't forget, Captains, the Priority One Network is expanding, and we're in need of two audio editors to help with the weekly publication of our podcasts. If you feel you're the guy or gal for the job, then send us a sample of your work to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We're looking for your suggestions and ideas for Trek It Out, Field Notes, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions using our online form at PriorityOnePodcast.com or shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can also reach us on Facebook or the Twitter. Head over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and check out the latest comic by Alex Calderwood from his new ARC 2. Ooh, ARC 2. <laughs> We're on Facebook. Head on over to Facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast. Say hi. Check us out on Twitter via at Still Priority One for showtimes and other cool things. All right, Captains. As you know, Priority One Podcast is a labor of love. We do not get paid, nor do we have any specific income coming in. Everything is out of our own pockets, including server costs, software, purchases, artwork, etc., etc. 
We do have a donate button on the PriorityOne.com website for you to offer any donations you feel we might deserve. Uh, special thanks to those of you who have already. Any donations that we do receive actually will go towards server costs, perhaps even paying for travel expenses to events like Vegas or a convention that might be in our local area. The other way that you can actually contribute is by downloading our Google Chrome and Mozilla Firefox extension for the Amazon Affiliate Store so that anytime you make a purchase on Amazon, a small little percentage of that goes back to us here at Priority One Podcast. It collects no personal data, no credit card information, so it's safe for you to use and you're not paying extra for it. So we encourage you to head on over to www.priorityonepodcast.com, download those extensions or shoot us over some little extra change over uh, via the donate button. We would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer, Lennon Rich, and the composer of our awesome theme music, Mr. Chris Watts. Thanks to our sponsors, Sayulita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio Live crew, and of course, our listeners. Thanks, you guys out there in the Stoke community. We do this for you, and we do it for ourselves, but mostly for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so glad that you guys tuned in to listen so thank you and keep tuning in and we'll keep doing our best to make you laugh and give you the info enemy ship on sensors shields up ready weapons engage Klingon Empire! Blast those Romulans! How dare they tread on the thunder of Kalos! Their blood will drip from my blade! Down with the Romulans! Okay, Kapla, thanks, Melchizedek. Great to hear from you. They're so friendly, I can't imagine why no one wants to be one. Wait, what is that? What? Is somebody... What? Why are we getting a... All of a sudden, we're... Does anybody else hear that? I thought we were saving this for Stoners. Oh, I thought you were going to do... Oh, I thought... <laughs> You're I so inconsistent, dude. Come on over. Make the shift from listener to... <laughs> we value your feedback. Feed... Bum, bum, bum. The next I've comment comes from Raven. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. <laughs> the next comment... Com you are a grown-up. Who keeps interrupting me? Interesting news about the two thousand. Interesting news about the two. Greetings, citizens of the Federation. I'm here to ah screw. 
too many windows. Wait, seriously? It is the best. It is the best. And everybody's listening to us. Be silent. Layers of Romulan, Aurora Brothers, the Remans, and immerse yourself in a new story-driven mission written. That's kind of weird. Kind of tongue twister there. I'll start that one over. That'll sound a lot nicer on Monday, I assure you. <laughs> I hope so, because that sounds like you're playing with your baby. Yes, let us go back in time and, and play that clip. You guys are so weird. Unleash hell, play, man. Just open I it up. Romulans. And I said somebody's getting prior ridges. I put 60 gold press platinum on it. Pay up. You're right. I owe you I, 60 GPL. And Pay you know up. what else? Do it. And you know what else? I owe Elliot uh, dim sum at Vegas because we were talking <laughs> last night and we were like, yeah, yeah I know. I suck so bad. I suck so bad at this. Yo, I just totally Porky the Pig that. <laughs> 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 That's all, folks.